22-22, undefeated. 22-22, I say. 22-22, undefeated. Playing football, Slavisa's way. Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name's Danny Boyer, and it's a pleasure to be your host for today's show. It's been a typical week in the life of a Fulham fan, especially this season. What with dropping points in the last seconds against Brentford and then winning to the Millwall game with a must win in possibly the hardest game of the season on paper. What with Millwall's 17 game unbeaten run and possibly the most intimidating ground in the country. But our boys came out with flying colours. 24 hours later, and Colin and Cardiff did what they do best, crawling over the line with an uninspiring victory over Nottingham Forest to leave us exactly where we were before the Millwall game. So we've got plenty to discuss. And we'll also look at the, uh, the rest of the, the fixtures and see what we think is going to happen for the rest of the season. Fingers crossed, it's a positive, positive outcome. So I'm delighted to say joining me on today's show is regular co-host, Matt Dom. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks. Good stuff. And yeah, quite exciting for me because um, our other co-host is making his debut. He's very much a part of Fulham Focus, always has been. And he he's not named on the website because he's that kind of guy. He puts in so much effort editing all the podcasts and he's very, very passionate about Fulham, very passionate about the success of Fulham Focus. And I'm absolutely delighted that he's agreed to come out of the shadows and join us on the podcast itself. So, welcome to the to the podcast for the first time, Donald Love. I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, nice, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love everyone that's part of um, Full and Focus, but you know, you and and Robin. Uh, Robin is the for the listeners' benefit is the guy that runs the website itself. Um, you two do an unrewarding job. You know, you get no credit for it whatsoever. So, honestly, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. um, Thank you. That's all right, mate. So, obviously, I insisted on this show tonight. You know, we don't normally do one uh, two weeks in a row, but we couldn't give this a miss. You know, this game means so much to me. Being from you know, South East London, Millwall's always my local club. All my mates support Millwall. Uh, with a passion, I find them so irritating because of their, their whole myth of uh, being this hard, intimidating club, you know, built on past decades. People that are probably dead now made that um, reputation worthwhile with the unnecessary violence that was going on in football. The new generations just play on it. It is completely an image. It's a load of nonsense. And I thought our boys did us justice, did football justice, did us proud, exactly how a football club should behave and conduct themselves. So absolutely thrilled to to be talking about this game today. We'll start off with the first half because it was everything that I thought you don't do against Millwall, especially away from home. I thought we was making a lot of unnecessary mistakes, giving the crowd something to feed off of. Clearly, <laughs> clearly it worked. It must have, I don't know if it was just luck or a tactic, but we seem to do it every game. I, I was just a bit nervous in that first half, thinking you don't do this against Millwall, but we got away with it. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. 
what did you think? Uh, well, yeah, first half, I thought, you know, they look like one of the best teams we've played this season. You know, their, their form suggested that they, they would play like that. Um, but as you say, we, we sort of played in the hands a little bit. We we defended quite deep. You know, they, they played that ball a lot with the kind of the angled cross from from sort of the edge of the box area. Um, we let them get in behind too many times so they knocked down. You know, they nearly scored from one of those where they hit the bar. And, you know, if, if it wasn't for Tim Ream with his, his anticipation to get back to block that shot, um, you know, it could have been a completely different story. But, you know, as you say, we got away with it. Um, we've managed to kind of hang on a few times this season and, you know, dig in, which which we wouldn't have done before. With that kind of attitude, I think, you know, we, we came out of it really well and um, it was a good test and we, 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 we stood up to it. Absolutely. And and I know I've got a few text messages off Millwall fans saying that that first goal should have stood. Absolute nonsense. I was I was livid. <laughs> no I was livid at the time because obviously it was so loud in the ground. Uh, I've watched it back on the TV since. And to be fair to the ref, he does blow the whistle before it goes in the net. But you did. I didn't know that at the time, and I thought he was pointing for the goal, and I couldn't believe it. It was the most blatant foul you, you could you could possibly have. And I think that sums them up really. You know they. I'm amazed they're 17 games unbeaten because they run out of answers if their bullying tactics don't work. They're, they're a very, very ordinary team. I don't think any of them are technically that good. And apart from their, you know, they, they, they put in a lot of good crosses, to be fair to them, but they huffed and puffed and, and put their weight about and they got tired and then we just we just made them look silly. So although they was on a similar unbeaten run to ours, worlds apart in terms of the size themselves. I would not fear them in the playoffs whatsoever. Um, Don, what did you make of the first half? It was a disaster to me. I'm sorry. It's like everything we don't want to be doing, we were doing. We sat back deep. We didn't play quickly when the ball needed to be coming out. We held on to the ball way too much when we should have been making quicker passes. I just think we play two different types of style of football, and it's either... We're getting our butt beat because they're pressing high and they're playing fast against us. Or we sit back and we like to do the pretty passing. And that's great. But sometimes we just do it at such a slow pace. It literally kills us and shoots us in the foot. We need to step it up sometimes. I mean, I totally agree with you. I was I was fuming in the first half because, you know, although you, you can't knock them, even if we had lost the game, you know, to be 21 games unbeaten was just beyond our wildest dreams. You know, to be in this position we're in, given how many games Cardiff have won. I mean, they won eight in a row not so long ago. So to be in the position we're in, we've got to feel, you know, feel lucky. But I totally agree with you. It, there was no urgency. I could, you wouldn't have thought, looking at that first half, that it was a must-win game for us. It looked like it for them. But clearly... You know, you could argue that it, it worked in our favour because they huffed and puffed and they looked absolutely, well, I was going to swear them, but they looked absolutely knackered in that first, in that second half. They they could just about walk, let alone run. And do you think we was maybe conserving energy and, and letting them do all the hard work? Do you think, I mean, I agree with you. I think it was it was too slow, but do you think that was maybe the tactic? Okay, if, it, if that was the tactic, then... We've got it all wrong. We have enough strong players on the bench that there is no reason to be sitting back like that and not playing a more aggressive, faster pace 
when it comes to playing our football. You've got all these guys sitting on the bench who are just chomping at the bit to get off of the bench and onto the pitch. If that's the play, if that's the case that we're trying to sit back and slow the game down, that's fine. There are times when you've got to do that, but at the beginning of the match, no, we should have been coming out hard, fast, and letting them know we're here to play. We're going to get our first two goals. Then we'll sit and control the tempo. That's my opinion. I just would have started out faster and stronger. No, I, mean, I, I do agree with you because I, I don't know about in every game, but I think I think sometimes you have got to let the team tire the other team tire themselves out. Um, a bit like in a in, in a boxing match, I suppose. If you've got one lump who's who's all about the big punch, um, but no stamina, and the other guys, you know, really quick and nippy, you know, just keep on moving, let let him do all the hard work, and then when when he's like on his knees, just finish him off. It was it was a bit like that, I thought, but um, I don't know. I, I do agree with you. I, I think we've got enough good players to, to have more of a positive start to the game. We've got a lot of players on that bench. You know, Kamara never gets used. I mean, we could blow teams away and then bring him on for the last 15 minutes with his pace and power and go again. You know, Mitrovic should be giving it one, you know, 150% from the start of the game. But to be fair to him, I think he does, but you know, I, I think um, the point I'm trying to put across is, is quite an obvious one. Uh, Matt, do you agree or disagree with any of that? Yeah, well, I mean, as much as, much as I'd like us to come out all guns blazing from the start, I, you know, I, I, there's, there's some sense to it. Slav hasn't gone out to say, you know, don't score, sit back and hang on for nil-nil at half-time. But at the same time, last season... There were a lot of times we got pegged back from winning positions. You know, our, our record from being ahead this season is a lot better. So there, there's something in it. Um, I, you know, I don't want to see us sit back like we did against Millwall, but we finished strongly, and we've been finishing strongly in almost every game recently, bar Brentford. You know, there's there's got to be an element of playing. You know, scoring when we're ahead and not conceding when we're you know perhaps not at our best and you know throughout 90 minutes of a match you're not going to be able to play at 100% the whole time so you know I think we just got a little bit smarter about that this season. No I mean listen it's a tactic that's just worked more often than not how can you knock anyone especially the tactics uh, given the run we're on but then you know I thought we played a similar game against Brentford and because we took so long to get into the game because we, we scored quite late ourselves uh, with about 15 minutes to go. We sort of gave ourselves no time to double the lead and then all of a sudden a late goal from them and it, it really cost us. And I think if we had maybe started better in the first half, we could have gone in at 1-0 and then made it, you know, 2-0 up. Game should be over unless you're QPR. But, you know, I mean, I don't, don't want to fly me being right in the give at the minute, ain't we? Like, let's let's step it up a bit. What a save from from Bettinelli onto the bar. Um, once again, proving that, well, maybe not Premier League standard, but certainly a pivotal part of this team. You know, I mean, it's incredible, really, that a few months ago there was a big debate whether Button was on par with him or not, and there, there weren't much, weren't much difference. But he's a match winner. You know, that, that save at that, that point in the game was crucial. Flapped a little bit at the other one and then, and then 
you know, Reem covering brilliantly on the line. But I, th- I just think the whole back five, they seem to, to be a unit. And I think that goes, um, that gets a little bit unnoticed at times. I think we, we're very much about the football and the way we play. But defensively as a unit, I think they're, they're all on, on the same wavelength. And I think they, they, they're a credit to each other, especially since um, Matt Target came in. Um, Don, what, what did you think of Betts and, and the back five? I, I don't even compare Betts with Button. I know there's a lot of people who like Button. Actually, I think he's a really good championship league goalie, okay? I don't know that he's the same level as, as Betts, though. Betts, to me, he, I think, could slip back and forth between maybe not the top-tier Premier League goalie, but I think he could get up there. I really do. And I know some people are starting to say, well, you know, he's getting old. What is old nowadays, 24, 25? I think he's still got a lot to do and a lot that he can do. I see no reason if we get promoted that he doesn't stay in the number one spot and we find somebody slightly older with a lot of experience that he can still help develop with. So for me, Betts is the guy. He is number one between the sticks. As far as the back five, you know, it's one of those things where They've been together, these guys, for a good amount of time, and they've started to really gel well together. They look to each other and know what each other's kind of thinking for the most part, and they know how to recover and react when somebody makes a mistake. Now, are they going to be like your top-tier Premier League? No. Would I take several of them with us to the Premier League? Heck yeah. I mean, I think they're that good. Uh, Do we need some stronger players in the back? Yeah. You know, every team's going to need to step it up if we're going to go to the next level. But for this level, what we're doing, to me, I can't knock them. They're phenomenal. You know, bringing in Taggart on the outside, that just upped the game right there, allowing Session to be in front of him, bringing Christie in on the other side, which gave a great option if we lost Fredericks, you know, who is prone to illnesses and injuries. So I like Christie from what I've seen. I haven't seen a ton of him. I like what we've done so far with the back four. I, I, I don't think we've done anything wrong there. Yeah, just just um, for for your future reference, his name's Target. But um, my mum and dad are always, <laughs> my mum and dad are always calling him Target. The, the guy in front of us always looks round as if as if they're mad. But um, it's an easy mistake to make. To be fair, we did have a Target a couple of years ago, didn't we? But um, yeah. Anyway, moving on. I think uh, you you say they've been together a long time. This back five, but. No, Adoy has really stepped in. You know, he can play. In, he's played all over that back five, and I think he's really found a home now. Um, centre back next to Reem. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's better than Kadas. I, I still think it's it's very debatable. You know, very fifty-fifty. But you know, he's um, it's very very nice to to have a back five now that seems to gel and seems to to fight for each other. I think at times over the even last year with uh Scott Malone at left back, we seem to be all over the place defensively. Uh it seems to be very much a an attack minded team and, and now I think we've got a lot more balance to our play. And I and I actually think I actually think Tim Ream, you know, at the end of the game he was really, really giving it to the crowd. He loved it. And uh you don't often see that side to him. So it was you know, I, I think he's he's kind of stepping up into a bit of a leader. Is Timmy and um, no, and even Callas, the end of the game, that positive run for the third goal, 
You know, what an attitude to have. You know, on loan from Chelsea, anyone else would be sulking that they're getting kept out of the team by a right-back. But he's not. He, 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 was, he was as happy as anybody else to be part of that team. And, and we've got something really special now. I mean, they're, they're history makers. You know, they'll go down. They need to get promoted to, for, to finish it off. And if they do, they'll go down as legends because no one could have imagined this ever happening to Fulham. So, um, Matt, hey, hold, on. Want... hold on. I, I got to tell you a quick story, okay, when it comes to Tim Ream. I think Tim Ream is awesome, okay? So I made it over, as you know, and I met my son who was traveling with a bunch of his mates. And the way we finished their trip was the QPR Fulham game, okay? We stepped it up. We got them box seats. They had a great time. After the game, they were standing around hoping to get Tim Ream's signature. So we were all waiting around. He finally comes out. The first knucklehead to run up to him and ask him for his signature was a another fellow Yank, somebody we didn't know, wasn't with us. He's wearing a QPR jersey kit, runs up to him and says, uh, Tim, can I get your, your autograph, please? The only reason I'm here is because of you. And I just laughed. I said, yeah, the only reason you're here is him and you're in a QPR jersey. Give me a break. Wow. And did he, what, what, did, what did Reem do? He just smiled at him. He didn't say anything. He's the politest guy in the world. He signed his stuff. He talked to the boys for a few minutes, signed all their shirts and everything. And then, you know, I kind of made him stop because they wanted to keep talking. I said, look, he's had a hard game. Let the guy have his day off and, and, and go see his family. So he, he got on his way. But the way this kid just went on and on, you know, and I say kid, he's probably in his early 20s, late teens. He just kept bragging about how awesome Tim Ream is while wearing a QPR jersey. I mean, you know what? I mean, I'm actually pleased that you said that Ream reacted in a nice way and was and was quite polite to the guy. You know, he didn't laugh him off. Because, yeah, you know, for all we know, that, that guy might have, you know, not not been the full ticket or he, he might have just been a genuine fan of Ream. Well, yeah, but but you know what I'm trying to say. He might he might not have realised, you know, a bit socially awkward. Might not have realised what he was doing. So, um, no, I, I think if I'd like to think if I was a footballer, even if someone supported someone like Chelsea or QPR, and they come up to me and said, "I'm a massive fan, can I have your autograph?" I would do it. You know, well, that it doesn't hurt. That just sums Reem up for me. Proper gentleman. It's a it's a privilege to have him at our club. Um, Reem, uh, Matt. <laughs> Almost called you Reem then. <laughs> not 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 quite as good. No, oh, no you, mean, did, uh... you, you did bottle it. You let us down on Saturday. You didn't turn up. We could have done with you. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. It would have been yeah, a goal no. on clearance, that's for sure. Yeah, you, well, you, you dropped for the next one, that's for sure. I want more commitment <laughs> than that. Anyway, um, you you want to start us off with a, on a topic for the second half? Uh, yeah. Um, let's go with Tessignon, shall we? Uh, a what a time to score. I mean, you know, we, we like we've spoken about, we were under quite a bit of pressure uh, in the first half. We didn't play well. Uh, to score at that point, I think, has really, really kicked him in the guts, you know. They've got a long way back from there. First half, Sessegnon was getting, you know, he was getting quite a lot of abuse. He was being booed, you know, the, the Millwall fans, as, as you might expect from them, were trying to put him off his game. He didn't have the best half, but what a way to answer it, eh? He's... Um, He's come. He's reacted to a rebound from a shot that the keeper should be just catching, but he's followed it in from 30 yards, beaten the defender to the ball, and knocked it in the net. 
um you know he's shown that that instinct that we've said on the podcast before you know he you you can't you can't coach that kind of thing and you know that's really set us off i think and uh, delighted for him and the way you know the, his 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 reaction to the goal his celebration you know he's cupped his ears he's really really sort of pumped up for that you know he he's he's becoming that kind of you know his his passion for the club really comes through and it's it's showing through a lot more recently so I was delighted for him and that set us off uh, for what I think you know it was I can't think of any be- better second half than than that and it was good as we've been in the last two years you know have we have we played that well I mean that was the peak wasn't it uh, I mean that second half for me I think is the best I've seen any Fulham team play and I could include Tagana's team I include the Europa League team because let's be fair the Europa League team is as amazing an achievement as it was they never play football the way we're playing football now. I know it's a different level of football, but it was breathtaking. You know, it, it was not not men against boys. It was divisions apart. You know, we we looked like Barcelona playing against uh, who's bottom of the league? Bill Barnet. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. That that alert their um their ego. Anyway, um, no, I, I totally agree with you, Sessignon. He's um, running out of words to describe him, really. He's absolutely incredible. For, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, it has got a reputation as being a, an intimidating sort of ground to go to. And, and I think they, they really played on it and, and thought they could put him off his game by booing him. He come out of the second half and completely shut them all up. I mean, what character, what bottle he's got. People keep saying... You know, QPR fans and Brentford fans saying we're going to bottle it um, this season. How can you say bottle it when when they respond? A seventeen-year-old responds like that to um, that kind of reception in the first half. Incredible, and like you say, his instincts, the way he reads the game. He before Mitrovic even shot, he was prepared to run in and tap it in. You know, he, he's like one step ahead of defenders, and you can't teach that. You that that's natural. Uh, he's a very, very special young man. What I will say about that goal is Mitrovic shot. And that was the problem in the first half. Nobody shot, apart from Target, who, who, who almost scored a screamer in the bar. and But nobody else shot. And that does my head in because, you know, as, as McDonald proved as with, with his goal, as, as Mitrovic proved with his shot, if you shoot, you might score. If you don't shoot, you got no chance of scoring. So, um, Don, what, what did you make of, of the second half performance? Night and day. You know, when it came to Session, I know people think maybe he didn't get the best shift in in the first half. But if you look at his performance and watch the replays, he actually got some great 1v1s, still got the ball down to the touchline, and still put in some crosses. You know, they didn't amount to much. They, they, they didn't get the final end product. But he was still putting in the effort. He was still putting in these crosses. So I can't knock the kid too much. Uh, to me, he's, he's the whole package, okay? He seems to have a great personality and a great attitude. He's got decent speed about him. He's beating people when it comes to 1v1. He's taking people on 1v1. When it comes to his finishes, they're almost sublime. You know, some of these finishes he does, they're just quick, easy, nothing fancy, but he's and knocking them in. Versus, you know, we've got other people who try all kinds of fancy stuff. They're constantly taking two, three, four times too many touches, and they don't get the shot off. So I love the guy. Whether he leaves here 
moves on to another club. I will still always love this guy. He's one of those players you're always going to want to follow, I, I, no matter where he goes. I want him to stay at Fulham, but if he did go on, he's that kind of player where you, you do follow his career. Well, it's a little bit like Steve Finham for me. The whole time he was a Fulham player, he always conducted himself the right way, was a sensational player. And you kind of felt that because he was so quiet and so humble about how good he was, that he almost deserved to go to Liverpool and win the Champions League. And I think that, that I have that actually with Sessignon. You know, I didn't feel that way about Sahar or when Clint Dempsey left. You know, the, the way they left was just um, completely wrong for me. A little bit disrespectful. Um, but, but with Sessignon, you know when it's his time to go, it's because the club have told him they have to sell him, not because he wants to leave. So I, I think Fulham fans will always have a special place in their heart for him. He's, he's a special young man and uh, he deserves everything he gets out of the game. At the end of the game, I don't, I don't know if they caught it on the Sky cameras, but he came over after his interview and, and all the other players had gone off after clapping the fans and the fans were still there waiting. All the Millwall fans had gone home and it was just him and us and... He was like, you know, he was conducting the crowd, singing his name, and he was patting the badge. It was a a very special moment, the kind of moment that brings tears to your eyes. You're so proud to have, you know, for him to be one of your own. Other clubs sing it and, you know, jump on the bandwagon. But when, when Fulham sing it about him, you can really see it's genuine on both parties. And, you know, I've, it's, it, he's, he's a one of a kind, you know, I've... I, wouldn't say or could never dare compare him to Johnny Ains, but I can't imagine many players have come through in between that time that are of the same quality and the same sort of love for the club as as, as Ryan. So, yeah, you know, I absolutely love him. Um, well, that was a good topic, Matt. I think uh, I'll let you come up with another one if you don't mind. <laughs> um, you got to talk about Metro. I mean, yeah, that 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 guy can just finish any type of chance, can't he? Well, he just I mean, does what we weren't doing before. He's that guy. He looks for the goal, even with his back to it. And he's that guy, unlike Matt Smith, who is strong enough to hold up the play and bring other people in, you know? And he works his butt off. People don't say this, but you watch him and he drops back into the midfield. He works his butt off. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it when he tracks back and uh, like a, a defender charging forward or a midfielder is looking for the forward pass, thinking they've they've um, got the better of him. And he comes out of nowhere and just nicks the ball from from behind. I absolutely love it when he does that. He does it in every single game. He, his work rate is is incredible. I, I you know, I take my hat off to him. I I never would have imagined him to be the player he is. I thought he was going to be one of those sort of lumps up front that you you um just knock the ball up to and he win it all the headers and that but he's a much better player than I thought he was and you can't knock his his record so far I don't I'm guessing it's 11 in 12 unbelievable Matt you know you how do you feel about him signing the season (laughs) I mean yeah it's it's difficult to pick between him and target I mean there's, I think there's no coincidence that we've stopped conceding so many goals 
since we've had target but at the same time you know we're putting teams to bed because we've got Mitrovic um w- one thing I want to say about uh, something that happened in the first half was um we didn't really didn't create a lot but there was one there was one chance that um sort of Mitrovic got the ball and um he sort of he backheeled it to McDonald who pinged it to Sessegnon and then it was Mitrovic's followed followed in he was outside the box and then he just went tried to get to the back stick and it was blocked in the line I think from Sessegnon's cross but it's that kind of he's just an all-round player he can do everything he really can he wins headers he defends from set pieces you know we're, we're better at defending set pieces because he's there you know he hold he, he's got he's got a chest control he lays it off he's, he can flick it he shoots the outside of his boot with his head, with inside of his boot, left foot, right foot. I mean, he's he's got everything. He's far too good for this level. And you know, if if there's kind of any any justice in this season, we'll go up and we'll sign both him and Target because they're ready made for the Premier League. They really are. I mean, I, I to be fair though, yeah, you know, I was trying to butt in, but I was being polite. For the record. I think I think Matt's, Matt Target is as good a signing, if not a better one. Uh, and if we did get promoted and it was a choice of signing one or the other, I would rather sign Target because I think it's a lot harder to find a left back as good as that. So you know, I, I just I was talking in general for the league. I think the league would see Mitrovic, you know, as obviously the Hollywood signing, the one that scores all the goals. I I would say the league would agree he's the signing of the season if we do go up. I could see that. I mean, you know, the unsung heroes are always the defense. They they don't get all the glory because we don't always score the goals. But well, look at look at Reem. I mean, how did Reem not get in the team of the season? I can't explain that. No, if if he nothing. doesn't win, if he doesn't win, the fans and the players' player of the year, I will be fuming because you know. Fair enough, it's gone under the radar of everybody else. You know, you always get players that are unappreciated and then you get the likes of Kearney that play half a season and then get in there just because, you know, they're they're one of the big names. You know, I love Tom, but, you know, that's the way it is. But but I'm going to say this. If Tim Tim doesn't get the backing of his own club after this season, then something's wrong because he has been head and shoulders our best player. I'm going to say this, and hopefully you guys are going to understand where I'm coming from. Don't take this the wrong way. Um, Tim Ream, to me, is the same kind of player as, like, Brian McBride, Danny Murphy, or um, even Scott, Scotty, okay? And what I mean by that is he gets in there, he's quiet, he gets the job done, he gets hurt, and he's not that guy flopping around, screaming, crying. He gets up. What do I got to do to get back in the game? Stitch my eye up, whatever it is. Put the bandage on me. Give me a new shirt because they've ripped it all up. I'm back in. That's what I like, and that's what I admire. He gets stuck in. He gets right back. Well, he's he's up there with, for me with Brian Dempsey now. You know, I mean, to be fair to him, I think he's a better player than McBride. I think McBride's um, legacy at Fulham is built on having the whole package rather than being naturally this sensational striker he was a good striker but he wasn't I don't think he was as talented as Reem so you know, Reem, Reem has really stepped it up uh, you know on, on a Chris Baird level of being completely useless to breathtaking and uh, 
I would argue if we ever had a centre-half that was as good on the ball as Ream, I, I don't think we have. Hangelin okay. was a better player. Hangelin was a better player, but he, he's unbelievable on the ball. He's, he's, he's probably our best player on the ball. I'd, I'd, I think I'd trust him on the ball more than Kearney. His passing range is definitely, it's, it's unbelievable. But again, I just want to reiterate, what I admire about Tim is his tenacity. You know, he just doesn't give up. And he's just not going to be that guy who complains about something. What, what I admire about him is that the, the confidence he must have in his own ability uh, to, you know, because Kearney, all right, he can, he can um, run rings around people. But more often than not, he either goes out for a throw on or he, he'll eventually lose the ball if, if he tries it on too much. Ream has to take the ball out of the air sometimes sort of like drop the shoulder and, and take the ball the other way. And, and it, it could go horribly wrong in the, the position Reem's in. But he does it so, so well. It's just, honestly, it's, it's, it's such an art. It's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. He makes defending look beautiful. He can definitely pick out a pass. I'll tell you that. He, he threads the needle when it comes to some of those passes. Uh, he certainly does. Um, right, so... Well, I think we, we, we covered the Millwall game pretty much. I mean, uh, I like well, to finish. You forgot about the wonder strike. You got to talk about the wonder oh, strike. Oh, well, 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 good old Big Mac. Um, I mean, come know. on. I, I sat, as you know, I, I coach uh, a middle school football team, and we sit and watch before our matches some of the Fulham games. And we were watching Friday's game. And when Big Old Mac put that in, my kids were jumping up and down. They thought that was the most incredible strike. It, I mean, it was a very... You know what was good about it? He took it early. He took... He sort of like... He did a touch across his body and then whack. Well, and I, I think he, he caught the key for off guard. He caught... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, beat his, he, he beat his guy 1v1 with a great little move. He and does that he a lot. one-touched it right across goal. Because, because to be fair, he he'd be the first player I'd replace if we went to the Premier League. Because I think he's too slow for the Premier League. But yeah. he has that in his locker at times. What he did with that goal, where he he received the ball, and that was bang. He, he he's so unexpected when he does has that little burst of pace. And like you said, he got, he got around his player, and then you know I don't think the keeper was expecting him to shoot. I think that's why it went in. It wasn't in the top corner. I think if the keeper had um, been a yard over, he would have saved it. But I just think he caught him by surprise, and that's such good technique to be able to do that so quickly. So I don't um, think we do that enough. I don't think goal. we test the, the, these keepers enough. I think we we got the best the best technical team in the league, without question. You know, Wolves have got a few, but I've watched them a few times this season. Their players aren't as good on the ball as ours. My yeah, thing that, is, I just don't think we test the keepers enough. And I think McDonald, Johansson, Norwood, Carney, different ones need to start doing that more often. I, I totally agree with you because I think more often than not when we do shoot, it causes problems. You know, how many shots did we have outside the box in that game? Targets hit the bar in the first half. Mitrovic's one, Sessignon scored the rebound. McDonald scored. That was it. Did we? I don't think we had any more shots from outside the box. So three out of three, you know? Well, and it's like problems. Matthew said, if we started doing that more often, then you're going to bring in Session and it's going to bring in Mitrovic. You know, these guys are going to be able to follow up and they're going to crash the goal and they're going to get those follow ups. 
I think so. I think I think we need to be doing more shooting. But um, no, it was, you know, well done to the team. It was best second half I've ever seen Fulham have, and you know, it's um, it's I'm so proud to be a Fulham fan at the moment. Obviously, you're proud to to support the club through thick and thin, but it's so much more enjoyable when you've got something to be proud of. You know, we certainly have that at the moment. Oh, and, and it's, it's, you know, the players, you, you can see the players love being there. And that it makes it so much better as a fan when you know that the players love you as much as you love them. You know, the, the McDonald's goal, for example, if you watch it again, the celebrations, you know, the likes of Mitrovic. You know, why is Mitrovic so happy when McDonald's scoring goals? Like, he's just, it's incredible how passionate they are about each other. And, you know, they've all bought into this philosophy and, and this um, mentality Jukanovic has instilled into them. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just one happy club at the moment. And, and it's got to have a happy ending. It has to. I suppose we better move on to the potential party poopers that could could destroy our happy ending Colin and and I was going to say Colin and the Cottages but they're not are they they're Colin and the Cardiff whatever you want to call them uh try <laughs> try try and be politically correct um <laughs> sorry <laughs> shit sound professional especially when you laugh at your own jokes um <laughs> Right, so yeah, they they went into the Nottingham Forest game, and I've got to say that despite being second, and you know, listen, if they finish second out of forty-six games, you can't argue they deserve it. Well done to you, but my God, are they crap? You know, I couldn't believe watching it that they they managed to nick that. I thought Nottingham, Nottingham Forest were a better team, had a very soft centre, and Cardiff exploited that exploited that with their um, set pieces, but. If that's all you've got, you know, a, cu- a couple of free kicks and, and and a really tall centre half, then I, I'm not so sure it is over. I, I think the derby and the whole games could really catch them out. Hull scored five goals away from home against Bristol City. Okay, they did concede five as well, but scoring five away from home and especially coming back the way they did, I think they were three one down at one point. To me, shows a hunger, even though their season's over they're still determined to finish on a high. And that's their last home game of the season. I think that would be a very hard game for Cardiff, especially if they don't win the Derby game, because we're assuming then we'll go and beat Sunderland, meaning we'll be second going into um, the whole game. So that whole game will turn into a must-win for them. So it, it, I don't think it's season over yet, but it all depends. It's all riding on this Derby game. Um, how do you see the Derby game going, Don? You know, their last three fixtures are against teams that, if you look at their records right now, they're not doing very well. Derby lost, what, their last two or four? At least three, I think. You just can't tell in this league. You know, it, it's anybody's game on any day. My fear is that Derby and these different ones are going to go up against them, and they're just going to fold. And I'm really hoping that's not the case, but I just got a bad feeling about them. Uh, not just Derby, but then they follow up with Reading and Hall, and none of those teams are really in great form right now. Well, Whereas, you know, I think I think Hull were you, you are a decent run of form. Well, if if you look a couple of months ago, they was right in the mix for relegation. You know, there was only like uh, they must have been like fourth from bottom, probably where like Bolton are now. 
and they're 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 well clear of it now. They're, they've had a they've had a really good run of form. For me, him and Reading, it's lose, win, lose, tie, lose, lose, tie. Well, they're um, they're yeah, well, they're inconsistent. That's why they're down the bottom. But I think um, they've got a new manager, Nigel Atkins, who who knows the league well, and I, I don't know. I just, I just got a feeling that they're not going to want to get battered in their last home game. You know, they've had a rubbish season, and I, I think they'll owe it to their fans to go out on a high. I think I think your last. Particularly being that they're at home, I think that makes a big difference because Reading, if they've got nothing to play for last game season away from home, I think we'll be on the beach. So I think it's important that Hull are at home for that game. But yeah, I think I think Leeds are falling apart again. Is they're they're a little bit short changed because it should be sung about Derby every season around this time. They completely drop off, you know, run out of steam. It is almost pathetic. You know, you'd be fuming if you was a Derby fan and you just hope that somehow they can pull it together and, and come away with a draw. Because let's remember, we've got a much better goal difference at the moment, especially after that 3-0. So all we need is Cardiff to drop points. We don't need them to lose. I think that's the key. Two draws would be enough for, for us to, to have it in our hands. So how do you see the Derby game um, going, Matt? Confident? Um, I yeah, I'm kind of expecting a draw or for Cardiff to lose. To be honest, I mean Derby, you know, they're they're pretty crap. But you know, they lost to Middlesbrough, which you know, we, people said, oh, that's not a good result because they're chasing the playoffs. But if anything, it's just made the Cardiff game, you know, a, a, a proper must-win for them. Um, and again, against Middlesbrough, they they actually played quite well. Um, you know, they they lost two one, but overall i think they were probably good for a point and they didn't get it but you know they 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 have there's no choice they have to win if they're going to get the playoffs so it's as big a game for them it is as it is for cardiff that derby are, tend to be better at home than they, they are away um there's there's a few things going for us in that game um and i still think there's a, a twist to come and the, tw- the twist i hope is that we're going to go up second yeah the 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 raw fact is, you know, it's out of our hands. We need teams to do us a favour. But those aren't three easy games for Cardiff. So there's there's every chance that they might not win two of them. And then we just need to win ours. So there's more to come. I think it's going to go down to the last day. I think it might go down to the last day, not in our hands. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I said in my prediction a few weeks ago that we go up on the last day on, on goal difference. So that's... That might still happen. I think Derby might get something out of it. Oh, well, I, re- I mean, that's tomorrow night. So, um, well, by the time this goes out, it'll be today. So, let's hope you're, you know, you're right. And, you know, for the first time in my lifetime, come on, Derby. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, I, I think, I think um, the three of us should have a little prediction what we think card if you're going to get out of the next two games so I'll go first I think they're going to get two points I think they're going to draw both Matt uh, one I think they lose to Derby draw with Hull Don I'm going to go with Matt I'm really hoping for one point a draw and each team walks away well that would make goal difference irrelevant but um, either way as long as they're not above us um, come the end of that whole game then we'll go into the, the Birmingham game 
assuming we beat Sunderland, uh, we'll go into that Birmingham game knowing that win and we're up. And I think I will take that now. Um, do we do we oh, think that, do we think Birmingham are going to be safe by then? I think if the results went our way in in that respect at the weekend because um, Barnsley lost and Birmingham pulled it out against um, Sheffield United at home, which is a really big result for them. So, do you think uh, do you think they'll be safe, Matt? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be a surprise if they go down now. Um, or have they got uh, three points ahead of Bolton? No, it's about five now. I think they're five oh, points there. So, yeah, they're safe, aren't they? Barnes have got a game in hand, but, I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll be all right. I, I, I don't know whether that makes a difference, really, to the last game. Uh, they're not going to want to lose whatever happens. Um, so Yeah, I mean... Uh, but if they're fighting are... for their lives, it will make it harder, won't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, if they've got something riding on it, they're gonna, they are going to be up for it as much as we are. I mean, naturally, if your season's over, your season's over. I don't matter that amount, you know... I'm, I'm contradicting myself here a little bit because I'm arguing that Hull are still going to try their best when their season's <laughs> over. So, but yeah, we're a better team than than Cardiff, and I think I think that's key with the Derby game as well because although Derby lost to Middlesbrough, I think Middlesbrough are a much better team than Cardiff are. I think Cardiff have been grinding it out, and I'm not sure you can grind it out against a team that needs to win as much as you do. I think they're going to have to have a bit more to their game than that. Because Derby have got a few good, good players going forward, uh, particularly Vidra. Let's hope he turns up. Right, so um, I think I think that does for, for today. Not really much, much else to discuss. I suppose we'll go with the same starting eleven for Sunderland, I'd imagine. Um, Piazon didn't have a very good first half, but I thought the second half he, he was much better. So I'm assuming same again. What do, what do you guys think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, the only likely change is right wing, isn't it? Um, OJ might come back in. Uh, he tends, you know, Slav tends to, to go for the more kind of pacey winger at home, I think. Um, I might be wrong, but I think, I think I'm pretty sure that's what he does. Uh, I can't see any changes. I don't see any need to change it either. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Don, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would keep it the same. I know a lot of people don't particularly favour Payazon, but you know what? If you watch him, if there is any kind of build up in the eighteen into the to the box where it's quick little one two passing, you know, he's usually involved. It's that quick little one two, boom, 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 give and goes. I like the guy. I, I really do. And I think he does very well with connecting into situations like that. So I say stick with him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And um I'm gonna go with 3-0. What do you guys think? 3-0? I think that's very fair. 4-0. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> commiserations to, to Cookie and Kit, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's uh, unfortunate to welcome them back in, you know, these kind of circumstances, but, um, you know, they're, they're, they're professional they guys. They, they'll, they'll, you know, it's just the way it is, isn't it? It's just the way it is. Um, I'm 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 glad that they're relegating and they ain't got anything riding on it, and I'm hoping that um, you know they uh, play a complete reserve team and say we're preparing for next season, <laughs> subconsciously trying to help us. But um, anyway, on that note, um, I think I think we might as well call it a day and and 
cross our fingers that Derby do us a favour. So, um, Matt, thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, as always. My pleasure, Dan. Cheers, mate. And and Don, I, I you've enjoyed it because um, I think you've, you're a nat- you're a natural, mate. I think you, you need to yeah. be a regular. I just gotta pronounce people's names right. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty useless with that. Taggart. <laughs> Taggart. What, what did you call Kenny? Carney. Carney. Say- yeah. Carney. <laughs> PRs on. So um, yeah, no, we will. We'll, don't worry, we'll we'll straighten you out for the next one. <laughs> Always uh, good. Just, just quickly, how do you say Jakanovic? Jakanovic? That'll do. On that note, ladies and gents, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please um, log into the Full and Focus website. Check out our latest Q&A with Zess Raymond. And there'll be plenty more. There'll be an opposition focus by the time the Sunderland game comes around. Uh, courtesy of Matt. Not not Matt on the show. Matt, the other Matt. Oh, bloody hell. We've got a lot of Matts, believe me. Um, so... <laughs> Without further ado, yeah, thank you and come on you whites.